0: Welcome into episode number 233 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, and of course, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box Podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and DJ coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into, PLL, NLL, a whole lot more. Uh, We got some good stuff to dive into. Uh, But I was just thinking, Deej, because, you know, obviously you have your your radio gig and everything. We record these typically kind of late on a Thursday night uh, just because it gets the the funny ha-ha's going. Could you imagine if this was, like, late night radio show? Oh, man. Or, like, if our YouTube was just, like, constantly running with content and it's just like, oh, yeah, outside the boxes on it, you know, 11 o'clock at night (laughs) to 1 in the morning.
1: That would be amazing, dude. Like. Oh, dude, the 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 laughs would be top tier. The the Discord people in the chat—that's
0: that's the we goal. Need. That's the that's, goal, though. That's it. That's it right there. That's the goal is to get the YouTube and the Twitch and all that kind of stuff running like a full time, like never ending hub of content. Like twenty four seven, we're live going. Um, and to make that happen, make sure you're following us on the socials at OTB which I was very pleased to see. Deej, we got a new follower. I don't know because we're both logged into the OTB account. See, uh, Chase Scanlon followed us. I did. I did. I see was that like, Chase "Wow, Chase follower. knows who we are." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just made his Twitter. And like, I looked at it for a second. I was like,
1: "Is this me?" Like, because like it came up, and I was like, "Right, is this my page or is this OTB?" And I like clicked on it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, we And I like, like, like scrolled. I scrolled a bit. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah."
0: And yeah, then I looked okay. to see like who he followed, because he was following like 30 people before uh, he gained a little bit of followers. And I was like, all right, we're, we're one of the sources for, for Scanlon getting his news. Nice. Um, so shout out to Chase. Probably a future guest at some point. Uh, he's playing for Six Nations as well, which is that team's just loaded. Loaded. Which we'll have a very fun uh, <laughs> tweet that I saw about the MSL uh, championship going on. I don't know if you caught that earlier today i think i did wild stuff uh it was a very hashtag this league moment (laughs) uh but make sure you guys are following us at otb laxpod on twitter instagram follow dj at scs underscore next great on twitter get my man to 500 followers god damn it like come on what are we doing people get these to 500 plus follow me at kbizzl311 Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It really does help the show. Helps more people find the show because it messes with the algorithm. And we want as many people listening to OTB as possible as the number one go-to lacrosse podcast out there. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. We're on the road to 1K, guys. 1K is the goal and then obviously we will create more goals after that. But we're on the road to 1K. We are one-fifth of the way there. Let's let's make it happen. I, I think feasible goal, by the time the PLL Championship game happens, we should be 300-plus subscribers. It's about a month and a half. I think that's doable. OTB Nation, come through, help us out. It's, it, I think it's very doable. I think the more people that subscribe, the more opportunities we'll be able to uh, do some fun shit. Um, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Click the bell icon. Comment down below with all the stuff we're talking about. Give us your picks of the week in the comment section uh, and all that good stuff. And, of course, uh, be a friend, tell a friend, share the channel with your people. Shout out to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, Deej's new favorite beer of choice when he's in the Philadelphia area. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use that all new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly and Bino Board. Go to BinoBoard.com and use code BINOUSP to get 10% off your order. That includes boards, accessories, merch, apparel, all that good stuff. BinoBoard.com. What's going on, Deej? Uh, Life is good
1: right now. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. I'm living. I'm breathing. Excited to be here. Let's do this thing. I'm excited for a couple things that have coming to us this weekend i think uh it's going to be a good weekend and i may or may
0: not be traveling to the west coast in a couple weeks before we get to that let's recap what just went down this weekend down in dallas we had a wild weekend uh at the star and uh to recap it just looking at the games we had obviously it was archers atlas chrome whips water dogs cannons redwoods chaos and outside of the, you know, just removing the first game, all the games on paper relatively close. Um, we're gonna, you know, quick hit all of these. Atlas beat Archers fourteen to nine. They sweep the season series from the Archers. Uh, I mean, we talked about it before we start recording. I don't know what it is that Tucker Durkin has some sort of spell over Will Manny, but in two games that these guys played this year. Will was very limited in the opportunities and just the angles that he was given. Um, very interesting way that the Atlas defense kind of attacked this archers offense was let's just shut down. Will Manny. if we're, if Marcus Holman beats us fine. And then in this matchup in particular, if Grant beats us fine, but we're going to shut down Will Manny because he's kind of been the thing making the engine go. Um, Atlas got a couple, you know, freebies at the end, which was good for them because score differential matters. Um, but overall, I think the bigger takeaway for me in this game was the Atlas defense just continued to stifle the Archers offense, um, which is going to be big in any future big matchup that Atlas has, including this weekend against the Waterdogs, uh, and in the future against Chaos with the offense that they have when they play in Seattle. Um and in the playoffs, like if Atlas's defense can shut down a major component of somebody's offense like that, that's going to be big for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it, it, the most impressive part was it wasn't a lock off. Like he didn't he didn't just shut him down and take him to the side and take him out of the play. He was very much in plays, He and he was very and Tucker Durkin was very much helping off ball and, and being there and help defense and still shutting Will Manny Thomas. Absolutely remarkable. Like, don't understand how he's done it, not once, but twice this year. Kind of want to see them play each other a third time to see if it happens again at this point. But, I mean, you know, big credit to Dallas defense. Like you mentioned, score differential matters. Um, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, one, how long they keep score differential a a factor in terms of playoffs, and then when do fans start to get – a little upset about it. Like right now, it's not a big deal. Everybody understands it's important in terms of playoffs and seeding and all of that. But, you know, when it starts to get to 12 teams, 16 teams, and score differential doesn't matter as much anymore, are people going to start getting upset about it? I think it's an
0: important factor for this league in particular. Like not every league needs to worry about it. But I think for the PLL, like, it's a good component. Like, it works. And it makes, like, the number one thing that every fan of any sport craves, scoring, that much more important. Um, And I think it incentivizes scoring. Um, You know, a few weeks ago when uh, Archers played Chaos, I forget what week it was, but Andy Towers literally said, in the post-game press conference or on the broadcast, like, post-game, like, he wasn't mad at Jared Connors for scoring, you know, on an empty net. He wasn't mad at some of the guys going and launching two pointers because score differential matters. And he took it more as a thing against himself, not defending that late in the game to prevent that from happening. Because now, you know, look at it right now, say the season ended today, score differential would mean chaos finishes the seven seed as opposed to the six seed, even though they have a current tiebreaker over the Redwoods. So like, I like that it it factors in and I think it's a, it's a pretty, like, like I said, good way to incentivize scoring more. And that's what, you know, the PLL wants. They want to see as many goals as possible scored, not only for, you know, their cash app sponsorship, but like, they want to see that happen just for, you know, you get the highlight reel type stuff. You get two plays on SportsCenter this past week. Like they want as much scoring to go on as possible. And then I think it also makes the defenses like be on their P's and Q's. Oh, I'm definitely not saying, I I don't think
1: they should take it away, but I mean, eventually it's going to go away. Like, yeah, it's not, I don't know if it will. I just don't think it's the factor of having 20, 24, 28, 32 teams, like the chances of you having a tiebreaker. And do you think the PLL
0: will get up to 32 teams though?
1: I mean, it's going to get pretty high to where you can use just strict head-to-head to, head to head as a tiebreaker. That's, like, eventually what it's going to go to because that's just going to be so much easier.
0: I don't know because the way I view the score differential right now, like, as a comparison type thing, is, like, how hockey and, like, the Premier League have, like, points. Yeah. Where, like, wins lo- wins and losses, like, matter, but in a way they kind of don't. Um and the points are kind of what like make that first tiebreaker in the standings. That's kind of how I view score differential.
1: Yeah, but I, I think eventually that's going to be a problem. If a team goes two and 3 and zero against a team, but their score differential is worse because of how they played against other teams, they're going to be pretty peed about that. You know, so eventually, I think I don't. I think it comes more from the like the league side, like players and coaches being like. Yeah, I get the whole score differential thing, but, like, that's bullshit. I literally We beat those guys four times this year, and they get to go to the playoffs because they played better at other points than we did. That's bullshit. I mean, I I know me as a coach, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, it's not fair that we fucking crushed those guys four times this year, and just because we lose to these three guys by this much, we can't play in the playoffs. That's fucking bullshit.
0: You know, I'm playing. I'm playing front office member. Score more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, front office member. I'm just saying, like, that's what, like, that's like the rebuttal, in a sense. It's like, yeah, sure, you beat up on that team, but in your other games, what did you do? I mean,
1: that's just bullshit, in my opinion. (laughs) I don't care.
0: At the end of the day,
1: you're out there to win and win and lose, not lose by less or win by more. You're just out there to win and lose. So eventually that's that's what it should come down to. Is I think the only way it changes it?
0: is if they implement like a points thing like soccer or hockey or something like that, where like a win yeah, gets you X amount of points and then the points determine the standings and stuff like that. That's, where I, that's when I see like score differential kind of taking a backseat. I just think. I
1: like score differential
0: I'm a huge fan of it I, I don't I just, see it going away anytime soon I just either.
1: wonder how it plays with the public like when this gets bigger and becomes a more mainstay sport I don't
0: I, I think if we're talking like next five years I don't see it going away no I don't think it'll be next in five that years
1: time. but I'm like this becomes a like Potentially fifth biggest sport in America. Like, how does that roll over? Like, could could you imagine, like, the Lakers beating the Clippers four times in a year? But there's, like, some stupid tiebreaker and they're tied in record, and the Clippers get to go on and the Lakers don't. Do you know how quickly LA would burn down? I'd be there. For, <laughs> I'd be
0: there for the tweets.
1: Like, oh yeah, I would a thousand percent be there. For that the engagement tweet, would like, be up. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. But like, Josiah this, would be
0: getting them jokes off.
1: The city of LA would be under tomorrow. <laughs>
0: like
1: well, you know, like as the, if it's I,
0: not already. <laughs> I mean,
1: yes, I'm just concerned that you know, average fans can't won't get jiggy with it. And, like, eventually that has to be, you know, some f- sort of focal point is bringing in the average fan that just tuned in averagely. Not yeah, saying so i gonna just, watch every single game, but, you know. I don't see it
0: going that, away, like I said, until there's a points thing and then, until, like, at, at the earliest. Because me personally, right now, the way the league's structured, um, before we continue recapping Dallas, 20 teams right now feels like the sweet spot of like peak of like operating for a very long time once like expansion's like full throttle. Cause I view it in the same light as like the Premier League with soccer, um, in that sense. I think like 16 teams would be like the initial, all right, let's rethink score differential, because then it's a bigger number of splitting, potentially, you know, 50% of the league makes the playoffs, 50% doesn't. That's the earliest, I think, it would happen, which I think we're like 10 years away from that at the earliest. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how quickly we get to 16. I don't, know, know, how- I don't
1: know. I don't know. But. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen any earlier than 16. That's what I was saying. Is like, yeah, I think eventually it starts to hit a point where it's like, okay, like this works, but now we're
0: <laughs> Mike. I know you listen to the podcast. Don't get rid of it. <laughs> uh, because we have a team in the lipstinks that we were talking about before we started recording too. That's called a segue. Shout out Paul Blart. Uh, <laughs> they beat Chrome uh, nine to eight. Chrome. Almost came back, which was wild. I think this was, like, second best game of the weekend. Um, very defensive, very, like, a, a casual fan would call this game boring because there wasn't a lot of scoring. Um, but I think this was a gritty, hard-fought win. Um, I don't think Chrome played poorly. I just think they missed Logan a little bit. Um, Had some guys step up, though, in his absence. Or no, he was back this week, right? Yes. I'm thinking Fairfield. Um, I think he was just kind of getting back in the swing of things. He did score in this game, which was good for them to kind of just see him get right back at it. Um, I'm pulling up the box score here. I think this game was just determined that Joe went 14-19 at the stripe, and they had more possessions. And then... Because, I mean, Crumb came out in that third quarter on a... They won the third quarter 5-1, to one, which is nuts to think about, you know, going up against the way that Kyle Burnlore has played this year, and that entire whipsnake defense has always played. Um, And especially when Chrome won the turnover battle, too. Chrome only turned it over 14 times in this game. Whips turned it over 20. The ground ball game, though, is what won it in the the faceoffs. Whips had 33 ground balls to 18. And they won 70% of the, the battles at the stripe.
1: Yeah, I mean, that third quarter was was the highlight quarter for Chrome, you know. Connor was winning face-offs, offense was doing well, defense shutting down. It was my favorite kind of game because I'm, mm-hmm. def- I'm a defensive player, defensive coach. Like It was fun to watch offenses have to work harder than the defense to figure it out. It was fun to watch defenses control the game and, and really be like, you know, as much as people are here to watch you today, they're here to watch me. This is about me. Have fun while I literally beat your ass. So, and, and it was so much fun to watch. But I say Chrome beat themselves more than anything, <laughs> and, and more was just like literally just missed opportunities on the offensive side there were times where I was watching and I was like, Oh, I feel like he should have done this or he should have done that. And like, not saying like, I'm better than them by all means. Like I know exactly what I, what should be done. But like, there's times out there where like, you can see things as a fan or, you know, as a coach or just a spectator that they can't see on field because you have a different angle. So it's, it's just stuff like that. Like I was like, man, I really feel like they left about three or four goals kind of just hanging out there. Because they just you know didn't quote unquote do the right thing, so I, I think it was another one of those games that Whip Snakes just squeeze out.
0: Mm-hmm. They're now thirteen and three all time, I think, in one goal games in franchise history. Um, also, in that prior game, Atlas clinched a playoff spot with that win. Um, yep. So their second team to punch their tickets to the postseason, along with Whip Snakes. Water Dogs beat the Cannons fifteen to fourteen, much closer game looking at it on paper than it actually was um towards the end a lot of new players again for this cannons team and i just i don't get it uh we'll talk about the trade that happened as we record this on you know thursday night um that happened today involving cannons and chrome um i mean it's just what you and i said like cannons are like still Figuring it out and it's the season's almost over and that's tough. And the Water Dogs look very, very good right now. They're in a groove. Our guy, Kier McArdle, almost tied the single season points total record. Um he had seven points in the first half, which was disgusting. Um Water Dogs are good, man. They are they're on a roll right now, and it's it's good to see them kind of bouncing back against the three teams which you brought up in the press conference with Andy Copeland, like got the revenge on the three teams that beat them earlier this year. It's wild to think that cannons beat this water dogs team, um, with where they, with each team is now, um, water dogs look prime to be in a very good position for the playoffs right now. They are currently the five seed based on score differential. They're behind Chrome. Um, because Chrome has an 11 score differential. Water Dogs have two. But Water Dogs have scored the third most goals in the league. Atlas have 95. Archers have 92. Water Dogs have 90. They're also getting Mikey Schlosser back this week. Um, he was activated, which is huge for them. Um, and Ryan Brown is on the mend as well, which is, is big. Um. <laughs> clip it. Uh <laughs> I mean, Water Dogs just look like they're playing with confidence. And I think that's what they were lacking in those three losses, was like they kind of just looked a little, you know, not confident in just everything going on. They were kind of playing not scared, but for lack of a better term, kind of playing scared, kind of playing tense. Now they just look loose, they're playing fluid, four wins in a row. Didn't know how they were going to, you know, respond coming out of the All-Star break, coming off that high win against Whipsnakes going into the break. But they've won two straight out of the break, four in a row overall. They look like one of the hottest teams in the league, um, which is exciting because they're a very fun team to watch from top to bottom. Jake Withers looks like he's getting a little bit more healthy as, you know, the weeks go by. And Dylan Ward is playing elite caliber goalie, which is what they need. And to be honest like water dogs might be might be the one team I wouldn't want to run into in the playoffs because so I feel like they have what it takes top to bottom in a one game scenario to really just like pull that upset surprise somebody and and take it to them they look very very dangerous right now
1: yeah right now they're they easily look like one of the top two teams in, in the in the league. Like it's not a question. They have every you know you look at the attack line even without Ryan Brown, but then you put them back in, their midfield line with you know, arguably the best midfielder alive right now. Um
0: Michael Sauers running out of the box for yeah, you got safety running out of reasons, the box, but... from the
1: time to time. Like if defense is, is Putting it together now. Liam Burns and Ben Randall have been stars. Dylan Warden and Eli Gobert, like, Yeah, like they look they look fantastic. But what scares me is you don't know what Water Dogs team you are getting until they show up. And that's just facts. Like you said, it, it they are literally a one game scenario, week in and week out. it, it is it is a
0: which is scary for their opponent, but also scary
1: for them. Yeah, it's it's a mystery box. You do not know. N- neither side knows what they're getting until the game starts, and people. And I think
0: that's like. more so offensively.
1: Yes, defense is kind of figured. Their defense is locked in. Dylan Ward's locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, if you if you're not playing well offensively, it messes with the whole team. You mm-hmm. can be as locked in as you want defensively, but if you're playing defense a lot, it does not matter. You're gonna get right. scored now.
0: And they have a big test this week in Denver against Atlas, which is a team that likes to run. Um, I brought that up to, to Copeland, and I brought it up to, I want to say, Michael Sowers in the press conference, like asking, you know, getting ready for that elevation, getting ready for, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But they do have guys that have played in Denver, whether it's professionally or college, so they have brains to pick, which is good. Um, but this week is going to be a, a big task for them um, to kind of prove where they are in the hierarchy of the league right now. Um, but they beat cannons 15, 14. Like I said, cannons just look like, unfortunately a lost cause right now. Like if I'm cannons, I might just be setting my sights on 2023.
1: Yeah, which they is figure tough. Out, they have to figure out what they're doing with like their two draft picks.
0: Yeah, none in the first round because with the first pick in the 2023 PLL College Draft, the Atlas Lacrosse Club select. <laughs> because Atlas have that pick. Um,
1: Cannons catch fire and end up in like fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> Could you
0: imagine? <laughs> That's Earth 838. Cannons oh, Lacrosse Club. Yeah. <laughs> We're in six one six. Uh speaking of catching fire, chaos caught fire this weekend. They get a dub over the Redwoods. Fourteen twelve. Redwoods are still ahead of them in the standings based off score differential. Only by two though. Um, this game looked close looks closer on paper than what it actually was. Chaos were just flowing, and they really only needed three guys to flow. It was your typical culprits, Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, and then Ryan Smith stepped up big time for them. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is just finding out that, like, I'm not crazy uh, and Ryder Garnsey is the best goal scorer all time <laughs> against Place Reardon because it seems like whenever Redwoods and Chaos play, Ryder has a ridiculous, like, highlight real goal that sticks in my brain forever. And then he also scores about three to seven goals against Blaze, and he's the only player on the planet who can do that, which is wild to think about. And Ryder has double the amount of goals against Blaze than he has against any other goalie in the PLL. That's absolutely stupid. Um, Ryder had five goals in this game. Brian Smith matched him with five goals. On six shots. On six shots. Ridiculous! He had himself a a career game. Ryan Smith was very fun to have in the press conference. I could listen to him talk for hours on end. Ryan Smith, you have an open invite to come on the pod. Nakai Montgomery, you have an open invite to come on the pod. Nakai was great in the press conference. I might have made it in that Nakai highlight video. Go check that out. Uh, That was kind of cool to hear my voice in that. Um, But, I mean... Max Adler was back. He looked pretty healthy for the most part, um, which I think played a factor in this game. The... Uh, you tweeted it and texted me from the start. Blaze made three saves in like 15 seconds to start the game, and you were just like, we're fucked.
1: <laughs> that set the tone. I set the tone. Like I, like I said, pre-pod, I was like, anytime Blaze shows up to a game, lock, you're done for. You have no chance. I mean, open the game up, TD wins a face-off, we're coming down, things are looking good. Shot save, shot save, shot save. I said, well, shit. <laughs> I was like, I definitely picked the wrong team this weekend. And it, it turned into what it turned into. And then, of course, I watched the rest of the game, and I got my hopes up near the end as things were coming together, and they let me down as always.
0: Nakai scored twice in front of his mom and friends and family, which was cool. Um, he was electric in the press conference. Shout out to Nakai. Um, but that was PLL Dallas, and this is what the standings look like right now. Snakes at 6-1 and one, with an eight-score differential there in first place. Playoff spot clinched. Um and very cool stuff that I discovered pre-Pod. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you time, already know. It. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kathy. And we are here to talk about Champions League Soccer today. Robins time. What's up? We're back. On the standings tab, there's a team predictions beta that gets updated on Mondays that shows the predictions for the postseason and the championship series. Um so to go through all of those. Whip snakes and Atlas obviously have a hundred percent chance to make the playoffs because um, they have already clinched. Archers, Chrome, and Water Dogs have a 99.99% chance to make the playoffs. Almost guaranteed. Uh, Redwoods are next up at 86.16%. Chaos are at 85.33%. And Cannons, I'm saying there's a chance. There's a 28.52% chance for you to make the playoffs. To make the semifinals, though, is a bit interesting. Whipsnakes at a 90.76% chance to make the semifinals. That is simply right now based off of them being the one seed and getting that bye week. Uh, Atlas at a 74.27% chance. Archers at a 64.79% chance. Waterdogs at a 51.61% chance. Chrome at a 43.72% chance. Redwoods at a 35.42% chance. Chaos at a 32.45% chance. And Cannons, you guys are at a 7.01% chance to make the semifinals. To make the championship, Whipsnakes at a 60.07% chance. Atlas at a 43.08% chance. Archers at a 32.52% chance. Those are the three best. Then it takes a big dip. This is an interesting dip. Water Dogs at a 19.23% chance. Redwoods, next up, at a 14.78% chance. Followed by Chrome at a 14.5% chance. Chaos. This is just all too fitting, a 13.8% chance. Shout out to the 13%. (laughs) And then cannons, to make the championship, have a 2.04% chance. To win the championship. Whipsnakes at a 37.06% chance. Atlas at 21.38%. Archers at 17.21%. And we drop down to the single digits. Chrome, or I'm sorry, Water Dogs at a 7.77%. Redwoods at a 5.64%. Chrome at a 5.31%. Chaos at a 5.18%. Cannons at a 0.47% chance to win the championship. And then to make the championship series, Whip Snakes at a 99.45 percent, Atlas at a 97.65 uh, percent, both Chrome and Water Dogs at a 60 percent chance to make it, followed by, uh, let's see here, oh I'm sorry, Archers at an 80.5 percent to make the uh, championship series, with Chrome and Water Dogs at 60 percent. Uh, so that's where score differentials gonna come into play potentially right now with both teams being at four and three. Chrome would make it over Waterdogs um, if it ha- if it ended today. Redwoods have a 1.76% chance to make the championship series. Chaos have a 0.65% chance, and Cannons have a 0.01% chance. So I'm saying there is a chance, Cannons fans, that <laughs> you could be in the championship series. Uh, and I totally forget if we mentioned this last week on the pod or not, but I'm going to mention it again. You heard it here first. Uh, those limited edition 2022 jerseys that were getting released, but for every team, uh, they're going to be the jerseys that the championship series teams wear just saying you heard it here first. We're, we're making that assumption prediction, breaking news, come back to it. We're saying this, you know, July and August when it's February and it happens, Just know where it happened first. Uh, Little trade went down today in the league as well. Deej, Pat Aslanian, as you said before we started recording, I call him Aslanian uh, because, you know, shout out to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. uh, Traded for Alex Smith, uh, who made his debut last week. uh, Four cannons. They said, see you later, pal. We're sending you to Chrome. Uh, I think this is just like a net zero trade in terms of like who won, who lost. Alex Smith gets to go play with Jesse Bernhardt now. Um, obviously, Alex Smith went to Maryland. And then uh, Pat gets reunited with his brother.
1: I mean, the only loss is Alex Smith went from a playoff team to a non-playoff team.
0: No, he went from a non-playoff team to a playoff team.
1: Yes, sorry. So That's the loser. But do you really lose going to play with your brother? Not Really? I can't wait for all the Cavs to be in Redwood's game. Mm. <laughs> I need it. Oh my god. Could you imagine like being i trying not to. Being their dad and just watching them like run around in the back. I want to see the most obnoxious
0: other. like sewed together like quadrant calf jersey of all time. Yes. With like a coaching visor for Archer's Cavs. All the calves. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I
0: like Alex Smith going to Chrome in terms of just, you know, adding a guy that Jesse knows, and he's kind of an extension of the coaching staff.
1: And he, and he fits their short stick play style. They all mm-hmm. play very similar. He fits right into that and can kind of just be put into rotation with them
0: very funny that coach quirk said that you know they like that he fit in with the other maryland guys that they have and they said see you later pal
1: <laughs> it, like literally like a few days later
0: literally um coach talk yes shout out to coach quirk he's one of the best uh let's get into denver we got a pretty loaded slate of games this weekend uh some time changes as well if you missed it saturday's games got all switched around, so we've got Saturday morning lacrosse uh, all through the day, which is very fun, but Friday, one game on ESPN, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, Cannons Redwoods, gonna be a doozy, Uh, you're nervous about this game, I'm optimistic about this game, I think... Quite honestly, I think last week was kind of just a punch in the face to, like, say, hey, it's it's time to wake the fuck up for the Redwoods. Because um, I think they went in there thinking they were going to win last week against Chaos and got punched in the mouth. And I think now, knowing that there's three weeks left, they have two wins on the season – the way Ryder Garnsey has really stepped up as kind of a vocal leader on this team this year, which has impressed me a ton, um, and the way he was in the press conference last week, I think Redwoods like kind of realized it's, it's fucking crunch time now if they want to, one, make the playoffs, which looks like it's possible, but if you lose to Cannons, like that all goes away.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm just worried because... I mean, cannons are in literally the bottom of the barrel. Like every game is a playoff game for them. And they have the best clutch player to ever exist. And already like Lyle Thompson, this is what he lives for is to play in lacrosse games like these. Like, And they're on the biggest stage ever. They're playing on ESPN prime time at 9 p.m. Like what more can you ask for? You know, the only thing I can ask for is for the Woods to actually come out and play. We have the advantage of the faceoff X, in my opinion. Kelly's played there before. Yeah, Kelly's been good, but I I think I like TD here a little bit more. We have the offensive firepower. I believe Jules should be back this week.
0: He's listed
1: as doubtful. I I mean, even even without him. I think we have the firepower to to win this game. I also
0: don't know, and this is truly like just speculation. I don't know what his altitude playing situation is with everything with, Mm -hmm. you know, post COVID and everything that he dealt with with his heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if that's also playing a factor in the doubtful tag or not. Um, Could be wrong, but. I'm not 100% sure. I know that was part of the reason initially when he didn't I, play in the bubble. I think he played in Salt Lake City last year, though. Okay. But I'm not mad at them like keeping him out another week to get him nah. fully back. Not but at all. Ryan Hallenbeck out for the season. It's tough. Mitch Bartolo made his debut last week. Kind of. Didn't really do much. Didn't really um, play. I
1: could have sworn. Saw him out there for maybe two shifts, maybe a little more, but like even if he was out there, he wasn't noticeable. He didn't really have the ball in his stick, like I don't think know. Think DeMayo plays this week? I hope so. And I, I I think, I think he that brings, I think that
0: alleviates some of the jewels missing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think he brings and... he
1: brings that same kind of play because he has the same body style, the same mm-hmm. shiftiness, the same Dodge downhill. Have you know looking for the shot first? Open guy maybe okay. I'll roll back, dodge again, and go from there. Like he he has very similar play style to and, and ideologies as Jules does. So I, I would prefer to see DeMeo in over Bartola. Not because I don't want Miss mm-hmm. Bartola to play, but just in terms of how the team flows, D'Amelo is better. It's like like I mentioned with. Archers having D. DeSimone at X over Matt Moore. Not because mm-hmm. Matt Moore isn't a good X player, but Connor D. Simone just plays closer to Grant Amet, which is, you know, they don't have to do too much
0: adjusting between the two of them. Also forgot to mention throwback jerseys this week. Shout out to everybody not coming at me for my hot take on Twitter. Uh, saying I don't get the hype about The Mesh jerseys, you do you. They put them on sale. They don't look like the ones they're going to be wearing on the field because I zoomed in on them things. Um, We'll see how they look, you know, during a game, which will be interesting. Uh, I mean, half of them things look nice at first glance. Half of them things are kind of meh to me.
1: I think it's a nostalgic
0: thing which for everybody at home who knows me knows I don't have that nostalgia mm-hmm. factor playing into my fandom and my love of the sport
1: and I also think you should watch more college because you would see more porthole Holmes jerseys and I think you would like it more
0: but... maybe I don't watch college because there's more of that <laughs> and I think it's ugly you need to just reevaluate your life I calls them as I see them. I'll say the, the banner to uh, click to go buy the jerseys on the website looks pretty clean. Um, it looks very, like, 80s, which I like. Um, Cannons, Redwoods, first game. And then we get three games on Saturday, so very different vibe than the other weekends we've had this year. Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Chaos Chrome, I think that might be the best throwback jersey matchup of the weekend. Based I off of to... just like opposites.
1: Maybe. I kind, of, I kind of like Archer's Whips.
0: That's my number two. But
1: then again, I kind of like Woods cannons.
0: That's my number but, three.
1: But my thing with Woods cannons is I have to see the cannons jersey first before That's Woods my number
0: three. Woods is
1: good, but like that cannons jersey, it's it's iffy. If it's good, that could bump it. But if it's mm. not, that could lower it. It's it's and then the same thing with the Woods snakes jersey. It's like I I just don't know what it's gonna look like, and and that worries me.
0: This weekend overall is very fun because the matchups these teams haven't played each other yet. Chrome Chaos is going to be very interesting, kind of seeing that defense go up against, you know, box on a field offense. Um, from a defensive standpoint, how do you see that matching up from what we've seen from Chrome's defense this year and what we've seen, you know, since, I'd say, Minnesota for Chaos' offense? Because Baltimore, I kind of throw in the trash a little bit because nobody was really on there and they were still missing some pieces. Everybody's there for chaos now, including Max Adler. So how do you kind of view that that island defense man-to-man type situation playing up against the box on the field?
1: Weirdly, I think it plays into their hands. For Chrome? Yes, but it all just depends on how well they play picks. They're going to do their thing offensively. They're going to set lots of picks. They're going to do the two-man games and work their box game but if you decide to continue the man to man you just have to do that you have to get over on picks keep the pressure there apply it on the hands and you know be disruptive and you'll be just fine because they're not doing anything that you can't handle they're just, you know they're creating more chaos for themselves by having two defensive players right next
0: yeah, to you see them. what you did there
1: you, you know what i'm saying so play, play it you know play it they're playing into your hands so just go ahead and give what they're taking you don't try and switch it up and go to a more helpful defense because they're going to set the picks, play right into their hands, and just play overly aggressive on the picks, and you maybe get a few moving screen calls as well, just
0: because of how aggressive you play. You see, how, it you, how you would see you it mark happen. Dane? That's my big like
1: you thing him. to watch. You pull him, because then one, it either forces him to be the ball handler and then you can just apply the pressure and make him uncomfortable and make their offense work make harder. Make Dane Smith
0: uncomfortable in I, this
1: economy? I know, right? But that's <laughs> that's the thing, right? If you can make them if you can make Dane uncomfortable, how well is this offense going to flow mm-hmm. And then two, because you're polling him that keeps him from being the screener. True. One thing I'll tell you about screens and the cross for anyone who does not know, you do not bring a poll to the party. So if you have a, a long stick on you, you never set the screen. Because nine times out of ten, they're going to jump that screen for the double team. You're just giving them an easy turnover if if the poll's right there. So you don't bring the pole to the party. So if Dane's polled, he's not going to set the screen.
0: How likely. much do you think that benefits or hurts Challen?
1: I think it benefits Challen.
0: That's what I was going to say, too.
1: Because I think Challen then just... You know, kind of bum rush the middle almost. I wouldn't even bum rush the middle.
0: I I mean, it gives him the opportunity to, if like, I mean,
1: right right off rip, yes, because he's got
0: he's not that Dane's not physical, but Challen's got like a bigger body.
1: I would, I would crash right away out of the box, crash crease, see what you can get, and then I would invert with Challen right away. I go behind and run the two man game with Josh at X, two short Mm -hmm. sticks with him and Josh will work just fine. And I would leave Dane up top to try and isolate the pole and keep him kind of out of the play. And if they slide off from now, you got, you know, Dane either, you know, stepping down and taking a shot from 12 or you have, you know, a pole approaching him and he can take an actual dodge and do something with it.
0: Me personally, I could be wrong here, too, from flipping the script for Chrome's offense. I'm putting Jared on Nick turn big body on big body physical-wise, and I'm letting Jack kind of be a little bit more of a shiftier player, a little bit quicker feet, I'm going to let him cover Logan. Ironically, I kind of like Jack on Dylan.
1: I like Brett Kennedy on Logan. It's the... The IQ, the aggression, and the the quick hands that Dylan Malloy plays with that makes me want to put Jack on him. Jack's a guy who's very quick, especially with his hands, but is also very aggressive, even with a smaller body. Like, for example, he plays or he would play and did play Matt uh, Matt Rambo a lot. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's an aggressive guy who. Low man always wins, right? He normally is conceding a little bit of height to these guys, so he's able to get up under and push him out. I I like Jack on Dylan just to to hold the weight and and force Dylan to be an outside shooter. I think it's going to be a fun game. I say I think Brett Kennedy would just give Dylan opportunities to kind of dodge and get to the spots he wants to get to to take the shots he wants to. As Jack's going to make him work harder for that.
0: I I think. Viewing wise, this game might be my game of the week. Not sure yet. I always do that during our picks. But following that is an even more intriguing matchup for me. Water Dogs, Atlas. The speed of this game is going to determine everything. If Atlas sets the pace in terms of just, you know, getting up and down the field the way they typically do, good night. I don't know how. I like. Alice has been able to just kind of like outrun teams and kind of wear them down, which has played to their advantage a ton. And the fact that they have Trevor, who is used to playing in this altitude uh, from his time at Denver, he lives in Denver, so he trains out there. I think that's a huge benefit for them. But on the flip side, the Water Dogs have a ton of Denver guys as well, with. Zach Courier, Dylan Ward, uh, having played there with the Outlaws. If Mikey plays this week, he played with the Outlaws. And then you have Ethan Walker, Jack Hanna, who played at Denver in college. Um, So you kind of have that in your back pocket in terms of just preparation. This game is going to be the literal living definition of game of runs, in my opinion. Whoever can kind of get those runs going could determine who wins. To, you know, you if, if somebody's going on a run, you got to be able to respond. And if you can't respond to an Atlas run, good night. This sounds really cliche,
1: but the face-offs and ground balls will win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, flat out. Because, as crazy as this sounds, I think 65% or more of these face-offs will be six-man ground ball fights. Mm-hmm. Cause that will be Jake Withers and water dogs focus this entire game: is to keep it and not being a track meet to keep Trevor from winning forward and going quickly to making them ground balls and making them fight. Like if you're going to win, you're going to have offensive possession. You're going to fight against the three of us. And it's going to be three of you. And you're going to, you're going to earn the ground ball versus winning it forward and just having a, a, you know, track field day out here scoring left and right. Like that's, that's my thing. Is i'm i'm watching the faceoff X like as much as goalies and offense defense are going to be in this game the stripe is what it's about if if you lo- they, whoever loses a stripe will lose this game and you know Trevor's not losing the stripe <laughs> but that's the thing like that, that that's what I've been explaining to my teams a lot is you can win the clamp as much as you want but you got to win that face off you got you got to win the ground ball to win the face off and one thing the Water Dogs are really good at is winning faceoffs. Withers may not win every clamp, but they win a lot of faceoffs. They they are ground ball hogs on that team.
0: It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. I think the other X factor. This is a big, you know, what if scenario if Mikey plays. I'm looking at Mikey Schlosser versus Cade Van Rapport in a two-point game. <laughs> to be completely honest. Like, Mikey is, like, the two-point threat for the Waterdogs offense, if we're being honest. No, he's not. He's the guy that scores two-pointers for him. Connor Kelly. Yeah, but with Connor Kelly, I feel like it's way more situational in terms of, like, in-game. The way Mikey's played for them since he's gotten there, like they've let him kind of just rip it when he's—he's he's got like one field. and a half two pointers. He's definitely got more than that. You sure? I would say I'm about eighty-seven percent sure.
1: That—that's that, a large number.
0: Let's see. I think
1: you can go to like career stats now. Yeah, which is awesome. Getting up there I'm in just that pulling stats up their world. roster, pulling on, getting up there in that stats world. Shout out Joe Keats, the man. But yeah, he can't. He can't have more than like four stats total. He's got one this year. I do know that. I remember that one.
0: Uh. He had one last year, and then he had one in 2019 with Denver. So three. So three. It's over one and a half. Barely, (laughs) like I said. Plus, plus if we being honest, that two-point arc in the MLL was like, that was like one and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we take it it from here and push it over there? got like three and a half um it's gonna be interesting i i like this matchup a lot
1: he's a solid threat i won't say he's not a solid threat from two no but i i still think connor kelly is like if i needed a two-pointer on that team i'm asking connor to shoot it first connor's
0: like a feet planted two-pointer Like, he's going to, like, set up, like, from wherever he is on the field and launch it, where Mikey is, like, the kind of guy that, like, is using momentum running forward and will just rip it on the run. Mm -hmm. Which I think is somewhat of an advantage against that Atlas defense because they are so physical. Where, like, if you're just kind of away from them, it helps. But can you get away from them? They're fast. Like, they move, dude. Like, Day. But watching it in person, you're like, Fuck. if you're Atlas's defense, are you going to worry about Mikey Schlosser in terms of just like being up on him? Or... Oh, definitely.
1: Is, is that, That'd be like saying if they came back to the Midwest and you wouldn't expect Mikey Schlosser to pop off.
0: Well, we intellectuals know that. But are you going to leave one of those threats of Michael Sowers, Kieran? connor kelly depending on where like connor plays you know because if ryan brown's still out he's not gonna get pulled no they'll put danny logan on no
1: problem that's like (laughs) i mean that's that's like pretty much a neutralization like danny logan is as close to a short stick pole as you can get if that makes sense
0: it doesn't, like, but it does all at the same time. Like
1: like having Danny Logan is like having a fifth pole out there. Like, like he just plays defense in, in the terms of like, you can put him on the best midfielder, and it's like you pulled the best midfielder, and then still go pull another guy. And now, you know, they're pretty much dodging with one midfielder and, and three attack. I mean, even looking at the the defense on Miles' shot, he, he pretty much locked. Like, if there was a goalie in that, there's no way Miles shoots that shot. He pretty much locked Miles down in a crazy scenario. It just was the fact that Rex Road was sitting in the net. It was pretty much a, th- a throw it and go in scenario. Like that's wild to think about, really.
0: I'm also looking at Alice's substitution game in this. Shout out to Coach Rubio. I think you got a sub well against the Water Dogs to beat them. That's just me. I and I'm very high on the Dogs right now. Shout out to the Dogs. I ordered their rope hat during right as Andy Copeland was walking up to the <laughs> the podium last week during the press conferences because uh, they deserve it. Four in a row. Get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, you I, think role, Cur- Pat, I,
1: I think courier my I think has got it. Yeah, I just think I think you need to take advantage of this this weekend mm-hmm. and, and kind of play a lot of both sides. Mm-hmm. Like if it's if it's back and forth four times, he should probably go back and forth four times and then get off. Like he's played out there you know, consistently he's used to the elevation, take advantage of it, take a defensive end. And then, you know, if you get the turnover, you know, you can leak out in transition, do it and push it and then go get your break after kind of, you know, him, Mikey, Jack Hanna, like those guys kind of got to take advantage of kind of the opportunity they have of already playing out there and, and kind of neutralize, you know, Trevor, Eric, those guys over on Atlas who've done the same thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, that game's at 2 p.m. Eastern time now with the Switches. Uh, and then the final game is at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time. Archers Whip Snakes. Um, let's just have fun. Get your popcorn ready. That's going to be a doozy of a game. That's all I got to say about that one. It's going to be a doozy of a game. Uh, yeah. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited for that. want to see Archers, Archers all against... Whip's D. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Oh, no. 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 Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's second on the totem pole. I want to see how well the defense plays. If they, Archer's defense plays, if they can create turnovers, and if Gitz is going to make saves, because they're not going to win lots of faceoffs this weekend. So, they're going to have to do what Diggs said that they do so well that makes them a dangerous team and create possessions, and opportunities without winning faceoffs, Because Nardella is most likely going to rake Anasio at the at the stripe, giving the whips the ball a lot. So they're going to have to create turnovers. gets is going to have to make saves. You're going to have to get out in transition so they can get their offense going. That is the number one thing I'll be watching.
0: And uh, while we watch that, we're going to feed ah, some ducks.
1: The duckies.
0: It's the PLL Denver Picks of the Week, powered by the homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. I got to hit them up because I think the texting feature is live now, uh, which will be big for this show and what we do here because we're not really bloggers. We're video and content people that talk into a microphone to give you texting numbers. Uh, So go to playpickup.com, start playing those headlines. First game, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Worldwide Leader Main Channel, ESPN. Cannons, Redwoods. Uh, I think Cannons are a lost cause right now. Can't overlook them, but like I said during our breakdown, I think Redwoods got a nice little clock in the head last week against Chaos. Roll Woods, baby. I'm taking the Woods as his DJ is DJ's, rolling right? like a speed bag for the, baby. for the people not watching on YouTube. He is Rocky Balboa in this bitch. Call him Apollo Creed. Cause he is punching that speed bag. Like he's ready to punch somebody in the mouth. Roll woods, baby. The woods, uh, the <laughs> this weekend. 1130 AM Eastern time. Chaos Chrome with the, what could have been rivalry if a certain Joker was still in the league. Uh, Oddly enough, Deej. I hate to do this. I hate to do this. I'm taking chaos.
1: Oh. We're on. We're on board.
0: What's Interesting. Game?
1: We're on board here.
0: I'm taking chaos to win in a very close game.
1: Ironically, everything I just said about that Chrome defense is not going to happen. They can go out there and try and play the picks as best as they want, but that that offense is going to carve. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to carve them to pieces. It's something about those guys. And and you could see it last weekend that they, they're like, okay, we found it. We figured it out. We're in our groove. We've got our swag back. Three people you never want to have swag happen to play on the same team together there's Dane. about seven
0: of them that play on that team that you don't want to have swag
1: there. You seen chase Frazier's hair? Not, not, we're not even talking about chase, Dane, Chris and Josh. When the three of them have swag, it's almost unstoppable. And Chris is the worst one. When Chris is feeling swaggy, you, you can't stop him. He's the, he's the most athletic bowling ball I've ever seen. He's like taking Matt Rambo and giving him athletics. Like it's Unreal. <laughs> it is so, That's so disrespectful. <laughs> I love you, Matt. I swear you're an awesome player, but like you don't move that well. Some, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I like watch Rambo dodge and I'm like, he dodges whiz wit. I'm like, I'm like he got open off of that. Like, that worked. Don't hey, don't fix what ain't broke. I ain't knocking it. Do your thing. But Chris is insane when he's got swag. You add that with airburn and and you know great Dane, Daner, Smithers. I don't need I don't even, whatever you want to call the guy. Unreal three. I think they're gonna keep it rolling. I like chaos this weekend.
0: This is gonna be a big Chase Fraser game. Just saying. Water Dogs Atlas. I'm putting the stamp. This is my game of the week. This is my game of the week. Get your popcorn for this one. Um I like this matchup just across the board. I think it's very even almost in a lot of ways. How do you see this one playing out, Teach? This is a battle for whose home base is going to be Denver. <laughs>
1: I gotta go Atlas. I think there will be a lot of tough ground balls. But I think it comes down to the defense for Atlas. I think they're just a little a little more scrappy, a little more aggressive there. And they'll be able to make the Water Dogs defense or offense more uncomfortable than their offense will be will be made. So it's it's gonna come down to offensive opportunities, and I just feel like the atlas offense is more settled we've i've seen multiple times where the water dogs offense kind of just goes frantic and and they kind of just look like chickens with their heads you know cut off and they're running around trying to figure out what they're doing atlas doesn't do that like i've literally like never seen their offense i shouldn't say never but in the recent you know memory they do not do that they they're very settled at the worst, they get a little frantic off a ground ball, and somehow it ends up in Eric Law's stick, and everybody just freezes and sets up. Don't ask me, it's like magic, but it works. And they're very settled. They dodge. If it's not there, they, they move it and re dodge. Very methodical offense. I like Atlas' stick.
0: This game is going to come down to who has the ball last. I quite honestly think, as stupid as that sounds, like obviously. Um, but I think this game could easily be tied with 30 seconds left in the game. I have really liked Michael Sowers running out of the box lately. I think it's really created, uh, to use his word, a new layer, a new dimension for this water dogs offense where it opens up more of a lethal aspect of shooting i think for kieran i think it gives connor kelly more shooting opportunities um, and obviously ryan brown was out so that obviously creates more opportunities as well for connor kelly um i i just like what it's done for their offense um, and obviously you want michael sowers to be healthy and be able to play an entire game but I think even when he's healthy, Andy Copeland should continue to do what he's doing because I think it really has opened up new avenues for this Water Dogs offense. And that's why I'm picking the Water Dogs to win this game. I really like the way that their offense kind of clicked. They haven't really skipped a beat with that happening. Um, and yes, Trevor is, is the most dominant faceoff guy in the league right now. Um, I'm just wondering how much... He's going to be able to run you know is is it going to be increased from what it was in dallas i asked him after that game you know was that part of the plan for him to just kind of get off and that's what he said don't know how much he's gonna add into that not that it really matters because i still think he's gonna he's gonna really bully at the stripe um but he and withers have a very fun rivalry and two very different styles of facing off as well um but I just like the way the water dogs are, are clicking and gelling as a team right now. Not that Atlas are faltering at by any stretch, but I think the water dogs are hot right now and I'm riding the hot hand. So give me the dogs in Denver. Uh final game. 4 40 p.m. Eastern Time. Archers versus whip snakes. I think this is a matchup that everybody's been kind of waiting for. Everybody's been salivating about. This Archer's offense, this Web Snakes defense. How do you see this one going down, Deej?
1: This is my game of the week for everything I just mentioned. We were talking about in the preview. And I don't normally take previous games into effect because, for the most part, the past does not matter. But losing the Atlas twice and being shut down twice is really going to infuriate Will Manny. And I think you know he gets going very early, which only ignites the rest of the offense. You have to overemphasize on Will Manny. Grant That's going to pop off. Obviously Marcus Holman, Tom Schreiber. The list can go on. And that's crazy to say with how good the Whip Snakes defense is. I just don't think they have enough to take down a hungry, angry, high powered Archer's offense, even without the ball. But with that being said, I'm taking the Whip Snakes.
0: Talk about a plot twist. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Dude, Nards, uh... Nards is not giving the ball up. I mean just with the way that you were laying that out I did not see that coming Uh, because I'm taking the Archers for the reasons you said there and I think this is the week that Grant finds a way I think he's been very frustrated the way that you know not having played up until a couple of weeks ago his, his debut was very tough for him Uh, And then I think last week you started to see some of that rust kick off the tires a bit. Um, I think this is a week where Grant could really, you know, find a groove. Maybe because the Whip Snakes defense is very overemphasis on Will, focusing on Marcus, focusing on Tom. Um, I also think this could be a very big Ryan Ambler game along with Connor Fields type of game where... Your big names might be getting shut down a little bit. Let the next, you know, level of attack come through. Um, so I think the the Archers midfield is gonna be a, a massive player in this game. Give me my low key still in the in the in the discussion, in the scrap, in the trenches, rookie of the year nominee Matt Moore. Running out of that box, I think is very a very fun matchup to watch with him and his size and his shiftiness. Um, also this is the Bryce Young hate short Kings matchup that we gotta watch out for um, because everybody on the archers is five foot nine. Um, over under two and a half penalties for Bryce for roughing on guys that are five foot nine or shorter over <laughs> no hesitation. Uh, one, at least one on each. Yeah, will Grant, Matt Moore. He might even try to come for Inacio. <laughs> All of them. He might try to just, he might try to uh, FaceTime Tyrell Hammer Jackson and Yo. reach through the phone.
1: I'm going to, like, tense up if I see Inacio win a
0: face-off forward. I'm going to tense up. Because he runs down the middle of that crease, he's getting going to be like Jadavion Clowney when he's at South Carolina.
1: Now, that was unnecessary. You could have picked any other football hit in the history of football, dog. Of all hits, dog. I you know promise I you, it, really. I can name like five right now that are worse than that.
0: To be fair, the only reason I, <laughs> I totally forgot that was against Michigan. <laughs> the other uniforms were just blanked out for me, and I just remembered Jadavion just... <sighs> like a fucking truck
1: i remember watching that play he broke like as he turned around he broke through the line i said well this ain't gonna be good (laughs) and then i like well shit ensued to go (laughs) like jaw was in my lap because like i mean he popped it he popped it off and grabbed the ball all in one like he popped his helmet off and grabbed the ball all in one move that is superhuman
0: yeah we'll see what bryce young does though (laughs) Like uh, Bryce Young is like the Winter Soldier when it comes to seeing five foot nine guys. He gets the code re- read off to him and just goes into a fucking killer mode. Love that. Oh, this video is gonna have so many dislikes from Bryce's family. Uh, but those are our PLL Denver picks of the week. DJ and I are going both with Redwoods. We're both going with Chaos. I'm taking the Dogs. DJ's taking the Bulls. He's taking the Whips. I'm taking the Archers, and those are PLL Picks of the Week, powered by Pickup. Deej, we have a new commissioner in the NLL. Obviously, it sucks that we saw the very first guest in show history, the very first episode in show history with the former commissioner, Nick Skevich come to an end during the season. But the NLL names Brett Frude the new commissioner of the league, Former Brown Lacrosse captain was the CEO, I believe. I'm pulling up the press release here. Uh, I'm sorry, he was the president of Stuart Haas Racing for NASCAR. Uh, Two-time Ivy League champion. Like I said, former Brown Lacrosse University lacrosse captain. Uh, From everything I saw on the interwebs, from people reacting to this, Um, and you and I were kind of just talking about it from a standpoint of growing a a team in NASCAR that is so on the rise right now. I think NASCAR has been the most popular it's been in my lifetime right now in terms of just casual fans, in terms of it being on my timeline, like people are into the whole racing thing, um, and to build such a successful business empire, uh, with Stuart Haas racing, you know, Tony Stewart is, you don't even have to watch NASCAR and you know who Tony Stewart is. Um, I think that's huge and I'm very excited to see the direction that the league is going to go under Brett Fruitt. Uh, he did say that there's no issues with the product. There's no issues with anything like that. And it looks like a new CBA is imminent, which is very, very good. Um, Simply because, you know, I remember us dealing with the CBA when we first started this podcast. And, you know, the first two weeks of the season got delayed and we were like, wow, we're really starting a lacrosse podcast and we're not going to have games to talk about. That was painful. Uh, That was literally the first weeks of us starting this show. I was distraught. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, (laughs) But it sounds like a CBA agreement could be right around the corner. NLL free agency starts on Saturday which is crazy. Um, so buckle up because things are going to get nuts. Um, I'm excited. I, I really want to get Brett on the show um, to kind of just pick his brain, see where he wants to bring the league under his leadership. But like I said, from everything I saw from players, coaches, people in the sport who know who Brett is and know what he brings to the table, it was positive reactions, and that's exciting Um, when you see the likes of players, coaches, front office people, different people uh, being excited about this for the league. That only gets me excited, so I'm pumped to see where this new era of the NLL is going to go under a new commissioner.
1: Yeah, I got a chance to go to the press conference, which was awesome. He was very uh open very welcoming you know and and explained his time with nascar what it was like working there um you know and and his connection to lacrosse and then coming over the nll um he joked about quote unquote not being good enough to play in the nll and then you know he had buddies who played and stuff and they were the first people to kind of hit him up and and you know tell him congratulations but he had lots of ideas about you know how to bring the game to fans and make it more appealing to fans, which I thought was awesome. Um, he didn't shy away from a- expansion, like you know, he Good. he said it's going to be there. He, I don't think he's necessarily going to follow the same trajectory timetable that they had set. But I think the uh, the number of teams is still going to be around the same number, and I just don't think it'll be around the same time. He said, right now, my focus is. He said fifteen, but we know it'll be sixteen. You know, the 16 teams that are here now and their front offices and the fans that are coming to games and and getting this, you know, uh, on track and continuing to grow before, you know, we bring in new teams. But, you know, expansion is not off the table. They they are expecting to continue to expand. And he said his main thing about growing the game from what he knows and bringing over from NASCAR is just being able to wear different hats. He said he learned how to do so many different things while being the president for, for Stuart Haas that, you know, he's like, literally I, I walked in and, and I wore a hat that I wasn't supposed to wear that day. Cause you know, it's, it wasn't necessarily my job, but I learned how to do so many different things. that's just how it is out there that I'm expecting this to kind of be the same way. And I'm looking to wear multiple different hats and, and find different ways to improve not only the, you know, the league, but just the sport in general across the world. So I thought that was the best thing was just his idea of not, falling into a role that that you know that he's been given and and expanding upon that to, to make the game better not only you know just his league in in terms of the game but just the game overall
0: and i think i'm not surprised by the the expansion thing because when Sakevich was on the show that very first episode he told us they wanted to get to 16 kind of see the landscape a bit see how it goes and obviously we're going to be at 15. Is Las Vegas 15? I think it's 16. I forget where we're at. Uh, let's see. Um, teams. Come on. Come on, NLL website. Um, but they wanted to get to six. So we got Albany, Buffalo, Georgia, Halifax, New York, Philly, Rochester, Toronto. That's eight in the east. Calgary, Colorado, Panther City, San Diego, Saskatchewan, Vancouver, Las Vegas, that's seven in the West. So, Las Vegas is 15. 15. Okay. Um, so, so we'll right. still have one more expansion team, I think, before they kind of Completely pump paused. the brakes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it will be, like, two to three years before they start to rejuvenate again. Uh, I did get made privy to a list of cities that Skevich was planning on. It's about seven or eight of them that have interest. Uh in Canada and the U S so there are other cities on the table, like ready to knock down the door when the time comes one that I could
1: possibly get, you know,
0: credentials to, (laughs) I want to say they were on the list. Columbus, no, closer to you. Detroit, yes, I'm ninety percent sure. Dude, I would lose it if they brought the turbos back. Are you kidding me? Ninety percent sure they were on the list. That's- I know. I know our long alleged San Francisco was on the list. Um, Montreal was on the list. Um, Montreal would be a good one. Seattle was on the list. North Carolina was on the list. Seattle would be nice. I forget the other ones. There was an, another California. I think. But I got... It's about seven or eight teams that were on Sakevich's list, which I'm sure will be handed to Brett Frude uh, for future expansion, but... I'm excited. You know, it's it's kind of a, a new era. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I am definitely going to try to get Brett Frued on the pod so we can talk to him, kind of pick his brain. I feel like it's only right since we had Nick Sakevich on the pod. We got to have Brett Frued on the pod to talk about all of it. Um, but, I mean, it's a new era now, um, which is always exciting. It's, it's, it's nerve-wracking almost in a sense, but I think they have – the right person in place he's younger um which is also exciting which kind of gives me the sense of just like his connectivity skills with the players uh i want to see how old he actually is um but i think that's super exciting uh so he's late 40s he's like going to be 47 or is 47 so i mean that's cool too like you know he's not that far removed from you know a lot of the veterans in the league um Mm -hmm. yeah i think this is huge for the league you know when i saw where he was coming from had a lacrosse background i was excited because you and i were very both like what's gonna happen you know (laughs) Jessica Berman left to go to the, the uh, NWSL to be the commissioner there. Um, but I think this is a, a massive move for the league, a big power move. And uh, I think it's only going to spell good things for the future of the NLL. So if you're an NLL fan, you know, apprehensive about new leadership, you know, it's always tough when a new commissioner comes in without even having spoken a word to Brett Frued. I have full confidence that uh, he's going to lead the way and and make this thing even better than when he, uh, when he found it, you know, when he got hired.
1: Yes. I definitely think the NLL is in a fantastic position um, and we're moving forward in the best possible way. Um, It's just more, I'm excited to see new fan engagement. Mm Mm-hmm how he's going to bring in the new fans and, and you know, I'm not worried about old fans, I'm not worried about the products much. Like he said, I'm just interested to see how he puts his footprint
0: on, on the league and the sport. hundred percent. I'm super pumped. So welcome to the NLL commissioner, Brett Frued. Uh, it's been a while since we've done what we're going to wrap up with, uh, shout out to the boy. He's been having a fantastic season this year in the PLL, uh, We're going to do a Colin Squires top five PLL throwback jerseys. The last top five we did was Ropats. Uh, so it has been quite some time since we've done a Colin Squires top five with the announcement of the throwback champion porthole mess jerseys today. We're going to do top five throwback jerseys, incorporating those. And then other throwback jerseys are in play. If DJ and I see it fit, um, We're going to do our throwback jerseys. I'll let you start since you're a fan of the porthole mesh jerseys. I'll give you the honors of getting the number one pick. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports team's go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Kicking it back, 2019. I really, really, really still like white and brown stripe redwoods i think that might be one of the best jerseys i've ever seen Um, just the the contrast of light and dark in the stripes to also get you know the wood crest on the front and it has the very light pop with the vibrant outline with the neon green it's almost like perfect contrast of color with the brightness light and dark and then the crest is not too big, not too small, in the right spot on the
0: chest. Very solid. I am going to go with... My first pick. I'm trying to think. There's two that I have in mind, which I'll have the wrap around, so I can pick both. I'm going to go with uh, 2020. Slash 2021 because they wore both years, uh, black chainmail chrome. I think that was the best chrome jersey. It made so much sense with the knight logo. Uh, they fixed the font for the numbers on those jerseys from what it was in 2019, where it was so fucking difficult to know if it was a seven, a four, or a one from the press box. 2021 chainmail chrome or yeah it was 2020 had to have been uh 2020 chainmail chrome black jersey is my number one um and then my number two is going to be 2019 redwoods trees um i thought that was the coolest uniform it's a bit different than the re-release 2021 version um The stripes were trees. I was like, that's fucking cool. It's one of the reasons I picked the Redwoods to be my team um, based off of just the aesthetic. I love that jersey. I'm glad I have my weird beast K-18 combo jersey of that. Um, So I'm going to go 2019 Redwoods uh, trees stripes jersey for my number two pick.
1: Also going back to 2019 for my number two pick. I really really liked I think the white more than the black the original chaos and, and the pattern the the scorpion and I really like the red that they use like mm-hmm. the red that you, the red they use now is like very dark and like yeah. it, it looks fine like there's nothing wrong with it but they used a little it bit of a light, lighter red in that first design and it popped just a tad bit more and yeah i think that was that was probably the best chaos jersey we've seen so far yeah i uh, love the stained glass but this this poor whole mesh is definitely giving it a run in my opinion obviously uh you get the wrap around so you get another pick uh number 3 I'm going to go Water Dog's Porthole.
0: You son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I, I, I like the way... Uh, obviously, Black Porthole, it does look the best. When it does come to Porthole, the colors look best, but black. And then the way the, the shade of purple they use, the way it sits on the black, looks very, very nice.
0: I think another reason I don't like porthole mesh is I think the word porthole is disgusting. It gives me the ick. So just say mesh. Fair. But see, I think seeing it as much as I did today on the timeline, I was like, that word is gross.
1: You scared of portholes, bro?
0: (laughs) I'm not scared of it. It's just like, it's one of those, like how everybody hates the word moist. Porthole does that. Don't say that. Do not say that. No. hole does that to me. But Just like, like a, it's like, bleh. <laughs> like that. That, that <laughs> other That's... word, that other word has like
1: that. Really has that. Ugh. Like you only say that other word about very certain things. Porthole isn't that big of a deal.
0: Ugh. It's giving me that. Bleh. It's like it's like a. It's like biting into like black licorice.
1: No, no. No. No, no, no,
0: no. That's the that's the reaction like my brain gets when I hear that word. Yeah, you just it's the don't same say sensory.
1: That. I'll I'll stop saying that word if you stop saying the other word.
0: Hey, I only said it as an as a comparison. I didn't say it again though. All right, so I got your back. From from this point forward, no more that and no more that. Um uh, my next pick I want to see if I actually like this jersey or not before I take it. And I'm leaning that I don't. It's kind of blech. Um, let's see. My next pick. I'm going to ask you Do all star jerseys count?
1: I was wondering this. I'm same leaning
0: thing. no because it's not like a team jersey. But I'm fine including it.
1: I say, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me because, I mean, technically, every All-Star jersey is a throwback jersey because, I mean, it's never going to get worn again. (laughs) Valid. But I think that's what doesn't make it a throwback at the same time is because, like, it doesn't have the opportunity to be worn again. Like every other throwback jersey has the opportunity to be pulled right. out of the closet and put back on versus the All-Star Game jerseys don't. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say All-Star jerseys don't count because uh, I would have taken the black tie-dye uh, mm-hmm. 2019. But with that being said, I'm going to go into just based on of a first-glance look, I'm going to add one of the new throwbacks we got today. I'm going to take the, the Chaos um, new throwback because like you said I think the black does look the best and um, that red along with it makes it look them and water dogs were like my top two when I saw all of them lined out um, so I'm going to go with the, the chaos champion John and then I get a wraparound so, my next one is going to be. Let's see. Um. Hmm. This one's tough. So I feel like we've gotten like the big heavy hitters on both of our squads that I felt like were going to be, like, those initial four. Um... Let's see. Um... I know what I'm going to take. Because it feels like they don't wear them anymore. Don't know if I would...
1: You fucker. <laughs> you fucker. Give
0: me the 2021 whip snakes. Red You're Johns. Such an asshole. The red snake skin. Is clean. You're going to like my next one, though. Uh, You are up with double picks
1: first one is since you took that one I'll take the white archers that we never okay. see anymore I really like that it was it was just clean because I think I don't even think they wore white they didn't wear white shorts most of the time they wore blue
0: ones yeah they wore the Navy shorts
1: with the Navy helmet I thought it looked really mm-hmm. clean I like that look a lot and then the the orange was the accent very very clean look um lastly As weird as this sounds, some of my favorite lacrosse jerseys of all time are like OG MLL jerseys. So I'll have to go like opening year, like year one Cantons jersey. So 2001? Yep. Yep.
0: Let's see. Just to see if there's any multiples for you, Um, just to differentiate so i'm guessing because it's like barely anything's popping up for me with it because it's showing all the new cannon stuff yeah. um we're just gonna say like navy cannons yeah most likely because i, I right. think
1: they wore i think they wore navy and white cool. that first year
0: my i so i'll say this since you took a cannons one the one i was like thinking about was the red like 2019 boston cannons but then i looked it up again i was like that jersey fucking sucked yeah um yep i forgot how plain it was for some reason i thought there was like graphics like on the sleeve or something there's nothing on that. that shit was boring as fuck um it
1: reminded me a lot of like bu like boston yeah i was like okay
0: Next, (laughs) you're done. Um, god, I don't want to go double chaos. Yeah, that's why I stay away from woods because I love the black uh, 2019, like 2019 stained glass chaos.
1: Yeah, I like the white
0: one. Oh, that's over
1: here. I like the white one more than the black one. I think because I I just think the red popped a little more on the white one than the black. But you're you're a huge black guy.
0: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Clip that. Um... Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I mean, do the limited edition jerseys from last year count as throwbacks?
1: I I was thinking about those for a minute.
0: But they also were never worn.
1: That's what made me stop thinking about them. So I was like, they came. Like, can they be throwbacks if they weren't worn?
0: Um.
1: Does Atlas have an old jersey? Uh uh-uh. uh. They haven't that's really like...
0: changed much. They changed like minor details going into twenty twenty, but that's about That's it. what I thought. Yeah. Um this one's tough. You
1: could tell that black.
0: All-Star John on there. That's cheating in my book. (laughs) I'm going to go with the 2019 black uh, stained glass cannons. Chaos. Chaos, yeah. I was looking at, like, your last pick. Um, Yeah, I like that jersey a lot. It's very nostalgic. That's when a bunch of the Chaos boys came on the pod, too. Um, Yeah. I think that jersey was dope. Um, it was very different, stood out. So yeah, that's gonna be my last pick. Any honorable mentions? I mean, we
1: throw the All Star jerseys up there as honorable mention. You really like the black. I really like the the colorful tie dye.
0: Those. I like both. I just thought the black like made the logo pop. I mean, we more. know why. You're a huge black guy. Come on. Confirmed. #Hashtag <laughs> you know this, but... I don't Hashtag. really think
1: there's. I don't think there's really anything else. Like the, I was, I was really trying
0: hard. <laughs> I know like I was like trying others. to think of the other teams. Like Water Dogs haven't changed anything, no, or added anything. Neither is Atlas. Chrome added
1: something, but they only changed once, really.
0: Yeah, I mean Chrome's twenty nineteen jerseys were bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The only thing I miss about the 2019 Chrome jerseys is the the knight helmet being on the back where like everybody's Ticketmaster is now. Ah, so mm-hmm. where Ticketmaster is on the 2019 yeah. ones, they had like a smaller version of the knight head there. Mm-hmm. But the font was so bad that it canceled each other out. That was the best thing that ever happened was they changed that font. Uh, so, to recap, DJ took the uh, white with brown stripes 2019 Woods jersey, the 2019 white stained glass chaos jersey, 22, uh, 2022 Water Dogs champion mesh throwback jersey, 2019 white Archers jersey, and then OG 2001 Boston Cannons Navy. I went with 2020 Chainmail Black Chrome. 2019 redwoods trees 2022 chaos champion mesh throwback 2021 whip snakes red snake skin and then 2019 stained glass black chaos I think they're all fire I'm very excited to see if uh, cannons introduce anything new going into next year water dogs if chrome decide to wear pink, We need a red jersey from Chaos from Cannons.
1: Yes, Chaos.
0: Whips bring back the Red Johns.
1: Eh,
0: I'm kind of cool without them. I mean, I love love their teal. That would be a lot of red if they brought it back. I Mm -hmm. I think they just look good in them. Like their team just
1: looked good in them. I mean, yeah, I'm not denying that, but that'd be three teams in red if all three of them bought red back.
0: They don't got to wear them all the same weekend, though. Hey, but it's still. Hey, we we are the big advocates of we need more red in lacrosse, so. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. Shout out to Colin Squires as well. Um, the homie. Been balling lately, too. Balling. Took him again in uh, Player Royale, so. Shout out uh, out. I need to do that. Everybody should be doing that. Challenge us. You should be playing us. Uh, but that's all we got for you guys. Make sure you follow us on the socials at OTB LaxPod. Twitter, Instagram, we've got Lacrosse After Dark as you guys are listening to this, so that's exciting. Uh, follow DJ on Twitter. Give him the fucking 500 followers. God damn it. At uh, SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe, 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 subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It really does help the show and uh, pushes us in that direction. We're trying to go and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel it's where you get full video episodes of otb every single friday it will be out a little bit later than normal because top bins is coming out in the morning uh as you guys are listening to this so video version of otb will be out a little bit later than normal but not too much uh so don't worry don't fret uh but smash that like button click the bell icon so you don't miss a single episode of OTB and all your favorite underground sports, Philadelphia podcasts in full video form, comment down below with your Colin Squires top fives as well. I want to read them in the comment section of throwbacks. Maybe we forgot some cause we're recording this, you know, wee hours of the morning. Maybe we forgot, uh, you know, a, a very good throwback or maybe you like some of the new, uh, champion Jones better than the water dogs and chaos. So let us know in the comment section below. Shout out to the sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Kenwood Beer, Pickup, and Bino Board. All their information is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. This has been episode number 233 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, and, of course, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box Podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, KB, let's enjoy some fucking kick-ass lacrosse in Denver this week, ladies and gents. And until next time, we're getting the heck up out of here. Peace. Peace.
1: And that's outside the box.